So who was Saint Gubnet? Saint Gubnet was a woman that came from a very prestigious family. And I think I have my own theories, but I think that she she came from the long tradition. We'll just go through here. Um, a long tradition of women that became saints, chose what we would call the nunnery. But actually, these were women that were preserving an old culture and also preserving knowledge. Um, so she was a woman that was given a vision that she needed to go to a place where there would be nine white deer. And she had to go on a huge journey to different places. In the journey itself, she would have had to stop in places and she would have left an imprint. And those places you can find on maps. But when she did arrive here, and there's a point behind Ballymacura village, she stood and there were the nine white deer. And from that point, she built her hermitage. And there was, there's a well there. And that place, it was a beehive hut. And the beehive hut is actually quite significant because those were places that held vibration, but also she was also and is the patron saint of bees. So the language of bees, how the community of bees lives is very much in existence here. And you still see remnants within the community itself that live according to that. Um, and there's also beekeepers and things here. And it's conductive to that. Like we're walking, as I said to you, in one of the oldest forests in Ireland, it's still intact. So everything around you is indigenous. And when you think about that, smelling it, you know what I mean? You're smelling what hundreds and hundreds of years ago took in. It's great to see that we're surrounded by oak. Yes, you've got oak and ash and rowan, willow, bracken, holly, and all of them coexisting together. About six months ago, I came into the forest and I had been in here enough to come in and let the place speak to me. And I became aware that when you drop your presence and hand it over to the forest presence, you reverse how you're viewing everything because then you become a part of. So when I would leave, I'd feel this great sense of loneliness. Why am I not a part? What is the language that's relinquishing me everywhere I go in ordinary life. So coming back here, that became imbued in a lot of the poetry that is now being put forward for me. How you're one when you're here, you're welcomed here. This place accepts you as you are and whatever emotions come up. But what is, what is this forest speaking back to you? What is universal in it? They say there's hundreds of poets in this graveyard. This is incredible. Is the church still in use? So the church on the right is um, a Protestant church, Church of Ireland. So that's on something. But the church on the left is actually her church. And that's in ruins. But obviously people are still buried here and people come here regularly like 
night or day. And the well is kind of around down that way, although there is a well where her hermitage or house would have been, and her grave is here as well. But people that are sick, they often empty out the well and then refresh the well. And that's part of uh, healing as well. Too. Yeah, will we go and take a look at it? Yeah. So lots of poets buried yeah, here. Yeah, and, and a lot, like some named and some of them not as known. Like I, this is kind of the newer part of the graveyard down in here. But as you go up to the top, the oldest part of it is to the left of the ruins. And Sean Oreda is buried here. I'm not sure where his grave his grave is at the top but i think there's another one see him and his wife oh are there. there's sean Oreda. i've been here at night as well i had someone walk me around in the darkness to to see the bards you know so maybe they want to stay hidden but i do come here just to walk and i think that's enough and i think that's that's a big thing that's different in america like in america people go and they don't return to the graves of their parents or siblings or things Whereas here, it's a continuum. It's a part of the fabric of life. I think that's a good thing. And I also think it's a good thing to go and visit people that you deeply admire as well, too. You're listening more for them. Yeah. And they're laughing at you, too. Is this where you're going to be buried? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I think um, it's funny. I'm thinking about that a lot because my a neighbor of mine is is not well right now, and I'm thinking a lot about our life in here and the time that we are and whatever we can mind along the way because it is very brief. But um. I haven't really thought about that. I guess in many ways I'm thinking if I was to die tomorrow, I guess I'd want to be scattered in the wind, really. I'm everywhere. <laughs> oh gosh, this is absolutely incredible, isn't it? Yeah, well the leaves have kind of, they, they were here about two weeks ago, but I guess the storms and stuff have taken. It's a lime tree, but it is just so well preserved and people come so often and leave things here from all over. Yeah. Rain and shine, all weathers. Shaped like a beehive. Leaf moth. I think it's beautiful with the leaves mm -hmm. all on the stone. Yeah. You get to see how it's framed and walking down into the, the ground. called Steel Truth and this is from the chapter Sovereignty which is the last chapter in the book bound by words spoke away from crowds told to the ancient oak on Samhain Eve as the flocks call for the great doorway to open 
It is a mantle made of the finest silk that wraps the body of a king uncrowned. It is a stone of quartz laid over the child's body in preparation for the call of an ancient hawk. A life taken, a life given. Eternity roams in the blood as the darkness descends in old ruins for the quiet ones to visit. The dead wren lay on the altar where the knights of the rose laid down their swords in a place where gold is only revealed for a day. Lay the bones of the lost queen, she that appears at dusk on the eve of the dead's lament. She that walks silently in the old forest as the leaves sing their sorrow for another year. Her crown is fleeting, but known to the song of the blackbird. The holly kisses the land with ruby lips and the town competes for the crest while the crane bathes in the marshes and the kingfisher stays silent. Wind song moves the air and the solitary one parts the veil for the teacher's return. Cloaked figures roam between thresholds as the call of truth reveals herself in a grave mound with the still shimmering torch. Arts and Culture podcast has been a Tripend Rasheen production for our Arts and Culture tab that goes out each Saturday. If you like what you've heard, please remember that you can support us by subscribing for just eight euros per month or signing up to get our newsletter into your inbox with a variety of different types of content each week. You can find us at www.tripendrasheen.substack.com and you can also follow us on social media. That's at Tidrasheen on Twitter or at Tripendrasheen on Facebook or Instagram. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.